Welcome to History 21, the podcast, a production of the Anoka County Historical Society, sharing the stories and audio journeys from our county's past and present. Hello, friends. I am so pleased to announce that we made it through Riverfest. It was an amazing day. Weather was beautiful. I made some poor sunblock choices, so my shoulders got a little red. I thought I was going to be inside a little bit more than I was, but that's okay. Lotioned up, we're we're healing. We're all good. Uh, But it was so lovely to see everybody and um, help you find some treasures at our yard sale and show you the grand exhibit that we finally have finished in the exhibit hall. We are so proud of it. So drop on by anytime we're open and see the federal 100th anniversary exhibit and all the work that we put into it. It'll be up for a while because we're proud of it. Got to show it off. Drop in, let us know what you think. For this week's episode, I thought we would dive in to a little bit about why the podcast is named History 21. A lot of people don't really know. And when we were brainstorming names, uh, we were trying to think of something that was um, short but inclusive to what we do as the Anoka County Historical Society. And uh, some of you may have cracked the code. 21 represents the 21 cities uh, in Anoka County. And that's the history that we're telling. The stories of Andover, Anoka, Bethel, Blaine, Centerville, Circle Pines, Columbia Heights, Columbus, Coon Rapids, East Bethel, Fridley, Hemlake, Hilltop, Lexington, Lino Lakes, Linwood, Now Then, Oak Grove, Ramsey, Spring Lake Park, and St. Francis. I tried to do that in one breath. That was a little difficult. Uh, And that doesn't even take into account the unofficial places uh, like Cedar and Constance and Soderville and Johnsville. It's a lot. And uh, when we try to post things online or think about exhibits or podcast episodes, I try to think about where um, the topics are coming from. Do we have... Um, Three episodes in a row that were kind of about the Anoka area. Let's try to do something else. And so this week, I thought it would be cool if we started to pick away at the history of the different cities and the different places in Anoka County. Also, shout out to uh, the person who suggested this as well. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Today, it is Ham Lake. And we invited our guest in. Mel Anarud, to help us talk about the history of Ham Lake. Let's dive in. As the Anoka County Historical Society, it's one of our big, big jobs to tell the story of 21 cities. Well, 20 cities and one township, right? Uh, And today, we're going to deep dive into the city of Ham Lake. So I'm very excited to welcome our guest today, Mel Anarud. Hi, Mel, welcome. Well, thank you. Yeah. Give us the little cliff notes about Mel. Oh, 
I don't think, know if I can do quick. <laughs> um, I was I grew up in Columbia Heights, and uh, uh, went to the University of Minnesota. Went in the Army. Small Business Administration had a program to get more government business to minority firms. And here I'd worked for two minority firms. When I was at Mille Lacs, I went down to his office probably every month. This program is not working. <laughs> and, and then he lost track of me. He, he had, the government had, offer, had uh, authorized another position to run that program. So I went with the SBA. And then uh, I was with the SBA 34 years. Um, ended up as the deputy district director in Minneapolis and acting director periodically in Wisconsin, Minnesota. And, you know. How did things uh, come around to Ham Lake and you well, spending so much time? Actually, um, Kathy and I decided uh, that we were going to look at some, we wanted more property. We wanted to be out somewhere. So we were looking for, for, for land that would be on water somewhere. One day we were out in northern Anoka County, and we were driving back 65, and Kathy had the newspaper in her, in her hand. She said, you know, right over here there's a house for sale that's had, on 10 acres of land. Let's go look at it. Okay. Yeah. Totally unplanned. And she fell in love with the place. And uh, so we bought it. And we've been there ever since. So we got just under 10 acres. Um, about a third of it is DNR protected wetland. Uh, we have a pond that's gone dry twice since we've been there. And it doesn't look good this year. <laughs> yeah, a resident of Ham Lake now. Hmm. And uh, what makes you the person that I invited here today to talk about Ham Lake history? Well, I'm... I'm an amateur historian. Well, my, my minor was in history. And um, uh, I mean, I always like history. I read it all the time. I mean, I get, and I wrote. I wrote the, the history of Ham Lake. But it's, it, it's a nice way to put together a, a history. The, uh, I was on the chamber board. In Ham Lake. In Ham Lake. And the Arcadia Press contacted the chamber and they said, you know, wouldn't you like to do a history of Ham Lake? And, and they came to me and said, we'd like to do this, and we want you to do it. <laughs> so I said, sure, snap to do this. Mm -hmm. It's not a snap. Uh, I think we spent uh, a little over two years, maybe a little bit more than that. Um, thank Kathy for being the editor. I mean, she you know, corrected all my spelling errors and punctuation errors and things like that. Um, but hundreds of people, I mean, I, talk, I literally talked to hundreds of people, and, and it was amazing to me how free they were to talk about themselves and their families, and how free they were with their, with their pictures. And when I wrote that, I went back to them to make sure, now is this right? And, and they all said, you know, I've changed some things when they said, no, that's not the way it was. Um, but it, it, uh, I guess that's what amazed me mostly was how willing people were to have their, f their families written up. Let's dive in a little bit. Okay. Uh, first people of Ham Lake, uh, the story starts so much earlier than when people think of European yep, yep. settlement and colonization. Well, we don't really know who the first were. 
We know that there were people there 10,000 years ago. Uh, we know that because in 1914, uh, Anoka County was putting through a road, which now is Andover Boulevard. And uh, where the road comes close to Coon Creek, which I call by the Fry uh, sod fields, but uh, no, one, no one will know exactly where that is. But um, they ran into bones, hundreds and hundreds of bones. So they had to stop construction. The, uh, the University of Minnesota authenticated the bones as Occidental bison. Occidental bison roamed these areas 10,000 years ago. So many of them in one place, they decided that it was a killing place. Um, and and there, there's one of these up in Itasca State Park. If you go up there, there's a, there is an exp explanation of how the, 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 the indigenous people of the time captured and killed bison, these big, huge bison. And the way they did it is they found an area that was mucky. Okay? So this was a mucky area and they would drive the bison in. The bison would get caught in the muck and couldn't, couldn't move, and then they would kill them, and then they would butcher. Um, but, of course, the University of Minnesota and the state of Minnesota had, didn't have any money to, 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 to um, do anything with this place. It's 1914. We're going into World War I, and, even. And the, and the, uh, but... About a half mile away was a, a farmer by the name of Morris Titterood. And Morris said, I want the bones. So he went in and he knows that there was at least 70 bison that were killed there. And he knows that because he had 70 skulls. I asked a number of, uh, of Titteroods that knew Morris, and, you know, what did his wife think <laughs> about all these bones showing up? No one could tell me, <laughs> and it was, the, it was the question that I really wanted to answer. Here, all of a sudden, here he's pulling into the yard with all these bones. I got a feeling his, I know my wife would have said, what the hell are you doing with all those bones? But, um, and I know that he did it because, well, two things. Number one, there was a Star Tribune article about him uh, in the 1950s. Uh, where he still had 27 heads. Um, so that's 40 years later, he still had 27 heads. Um, he, had, um, he gave um, the bison to the Bell Museum. They have his head. Uh, they have more than his head, as a matter of fact, um, to the University of Minnesota, to a number of colleges and universities around, to some high schools he said he gave some to. Anyway, so we know that. We know that there were, there were people here 10,000 years ago, uh, killing bison, at least in, in muck. <laughs> a lot of the information that we know about Native peoples in the area in Anoka County are through the eyes of white settlers, right. unfortunately. Yeah. Like, the, 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 the reactions the, of those yeah. people. So with, well, we know that this area was, was Dakota. Tell me a little bit about those first white people here. Oh, well... Um, the very first ones were, were, were some Scots. We don't know where they came from, and we, we actually don't know where they went. Uh, the reason we know for sure that they were there is because they went to the state, the, the territorial legislature, 
and they asked the territorial legislature to make them the, the county seat for Anoka County. <laughs> uh, the city of Anoka got wind of this and stopped it very quickly and became the county seat. Um, the best estimate is that they, they only had a six to eight cabins built. And uh, the story is that there was a fire, a prairie fire. Again, there are more trees in Ham Lake now than there was in the 1850s. And that a prairie fire came and burned them out. And they left the name Glen Carey. The, um, the first uh, person to come and stay was a guy by the name of Gustafson. Um, the, most of the family says that his name was Mads, M-A-D-S. He came, he was Norwegian, and he came from Wisconsin. Now the story I get from one family member is that Mads was 39 years old. The Civil War was on. There was a draft. The, the, the Army was drafting anyone from, from 18 to 40. So they decided they were going to draft, he was going to be drafted. At the time, during the Civil War, you could buy yourself out of serving by, by, by buying someone else to take your place. Well, supposedly Mads paid the $100. I mean, $100 is a lot of money yeah, in 1862 or 63 or whatever it was. Well, the story is that um, the, the guy he, he paid for died in one of the battles. So they came back to Mads and said, well, he died, so you're going to go anyway. I don't know. Mads um, supposedly um, then finished up his crop that year and left. The next thing we know, he was in St. Anthony, and he claimed land up here, the land south of the lake with, that looks like a ham. Because <laughs> the maps were there, and he, there was a lake. Okay, I'm going to grab that. And he came up. It took four days in, a, in an ox because there wasn't any road. The ox and wagon to get here. Um, well, he got here, and he built a cabin, and he started farming, and again was very successful. Um, the people from Wisconsin that knew him liked him and saw him kind of as, a, as a, uh, a leader in their community. So all of a sudden, here comes the, the live guards and the titteroots all came down to Ham Lake. We know Gustafson's there. And next to his. So... Uh, so, um, and then more came, but those were the three original ones. The Gustafsons were first, and then the, the Livgards and the, and the Titteroots came. Um, and they intermarried, you know. He, uh, uh, his house became the first church. His uh, cabin became the first school. Um, so when they finally decided to, to, that they wanted to build a church, uh, he donated the land for Glen Carey Church. Let's back up just a, yeah. a second. Anoka County organizes as a county in 1857, yeah. a year before Minnesota becomes a state, 1858. Was it called Ham Lake right away? It goes all the way back to the Northwest Territories Act, which goes back before the Constitution, because that was passed by the Articles of Confederation. Among the things it did, and probably the most lasting thing that nobody 
realizes was the way you decide how you understand what piece of land you have. It was a, uh, a method that Thomas Jefferson suggested. Okay. So in the very southeast corner of Ohio became the first township, six miles by six miles. Okay? And all of Ohio, Michigan, Indiana, Illinois, Wisconsin, and Minnesota was, were organized into townships six miles by six miles. Now, different, once someone got to those locations, they could make some minor changes to it depending upon the geography. But nobody wanted Ham Lake. I mean, it, it sat in the middle of the prairie. There weren't any roads there. There weren't any rivers. There wasn't an easy way to get there. So nobody bothered it. But Ham Lake is... is is one of those perfect 36 square mile townships. Um, there was nothing geographical to make it any different. So um, that's where the shape comes from. Yeah. What about the name? The name. The name comes because of the lake. Uh, the lake is the shape of a ham, and it has an island in it right where the ham bone would be. Back in 1850s, they, they, they talked about the land. We were just south of the lake that looks like a ham. Somehow they knew that. Um, and, uh, and that's what got the name, was, uh, was, uh, was because, of the, because of the lake. And so that township was called Ham Lake. Now, when they became a city, the county actually offered the, the, uh, the city to change their name. And uh, no one, no one bid on it. Uh, oh. I, I don't even know the exact date. I have my cheat sheet. You have the exact date. All right. Uh, 1871, they were recognized as a separate area. 1973, incorporated as a village. Oh, okay. And then 1974, they became a city. City. Oh, another thing about the uh, the north, the, the, the townships, hmm? the Northwest Territories Act allows that one section one mile by one mile, within every township would be set aside for schooling. Now, it doesn't mean that school has to be there, but the value of that section has to go to schools. That it could be spread out among the 36. But in Ham Lake, we have four, five schools, five one-room schools. Um, the first was at Lake Nicknetta, the second one was the Glen Carey. The third was Son Sauterville. The fourth was the Red Schoolhouse, which was down on the south east side. And then there was a fifth that most people don't know about. Because Jim Elwell, we'll get back to Jim Elwell. Jim Elwell had a number of farms along Lexington Avenue, which has become Lexington Avenue. And he built a school for his, for his, he had, he was the biggest employer at the time. It was 1880 something. So he built a school there. Now, no one ever remembers that school because it was a, it was a private school. <laughs> it wasn't the kind of private schools we have now, but he built it for his employees and, and their children. Tell me a little bit more about Lake Netta. It's interesting that Lake Netta 
started as the, the first commercial center was at Lake Netta. The first business was a creamery, a co-op creamery on Lake Netta. Um, and then there was a, 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 a general store that was built. Uh, and then there was a number of businesses that started there. Um, however, the highway came up Highway 65. <laughs> Not not very close to the to the to, to Lake Netta, uh, the the area up by, uh, by by Central Avenue or Highway 65 and Crosstown uh, was the became what almost became a city. Uh, the first business there was a, was a, a a garage. Automobiles were just being started, and Highway 65 was there, and. The crosstown was about half a distance between now Minneapolis, St. Anthony became part of Minneapolis, and Cambridge. So it became the central garage, halfway. Um, it was a, um, uh, a Soderquist that started the garage. Um, he also was uh, uh, put a, a water tank on the side of the building for if there was a fire, they would come. They would have a place to come and get water, to uh, to fight a fire. One of the uh, early fire people told me that they were very very good too. They never lost a basement. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have the equipment, they, but they 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 tried. I know. So Crosstown Boulevard was put in by the county specifically to to hook Anoka to this new community that was growing up there called Sodderville, named after Soderquists. Is it Sodderville or Soderville? Well, depends on which, which member of the family you talk to. Interesting. Soder, it's some, some of the family call, call themselves Soderquists and some call themselves Soderquists. So I don't it, care, it's spelled the same. <laughs> so Sodderville, an area of Ham Lake, that everybody just knew by that name. Yeah. Well, it was growing into a, into a real city. Ivor, uh, a, another Soderquist, started a general store on the other side of Old Highway 65. There was a, a grain store, a, a, a farmer's store next to that. And then there was a confectionery store. And then there was a barber shop that, that showed movies on the side of the building. Oh, that's amazing. It was a drive-in movie. It was a walk-in movie. <laughs> so they showed silent movies on the side of the building. There were four or five houses on that side. On this side, there was the, set, there was the garage. And the garage was, was very interesting because if you, if you got to the garage and you were heading north or south and your, your car broke down, um, they would attempt to fix your car. If they needed parts that they didn't have, you had to stay overnight. So they just had a place next door. It wasn't a hotel or a motel. It was just a house, but you could stay there for the night while they were fixing your car. So the first hotel, the first rental facility was there. An Airbnb, Ham Lake, yeah. Sodderville stuff. And, uh, and there were even more houses on the, on the west side. So and, and if you look at it, if you look at a picture of it, it looks like any small town. It's really interesting. You see envelopes written in the early 1900s, and there's no address. It just says, Mr. So-and-so, 
Soderville, Minnesota. And it knew where to get to. So what happened to it? In the 1960s, the highway department decided to expand Highway 65 from two lane to four. Um, if you're driving north or south on Highway 65, you will notice that about Andover Boulevard, it starts, it starts going to the east, almost imperceptible. Most people don't even notice. And then it comes back again by the time you get to Constance Boulevard. You're almost back. By the time you get to Cronstown, it's exactly where it was. The reason for this is that the highway used to be on the west side of Glencary Church and Cemetery. To the west of that of the highway was wetland. They had nowhere to make it four lane. They couldn't take out the cemetery and they, 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 they too expensive to make it in the wetland, so they went around the cemetery. But when they got to Sauterville, they didn't go around. Now when they got to Iksani, they went around, they went to Cambridge, they went around. But Sauterville, they went right through the middle of it. They took out the whole west side. All those buildings and, and stores and Businesses and that were on the, the west, community on that the was building. Side, I mean, on the east side, they took them all out. The only store that that from the the east side that went to the west side was Soderquist. Soderquist, but it became three different businesses. One brother ran the uh, the store, the grocery store. Another one ran the, the hardware store. Another one ran the feed store. All on the west side. You can see those buildings still there. They're not in very good shape today, but they're still there. The highway uh, is such a defining feature of Ham Lake. Soderquist definitely moved a lot. So they went. So they were originally on the east on the east side. They got they got demolished by the highway. They went to the west side, and then when when Dolphin built the uh, the the, the uh, shopping center, they moved back to the, to the east side, and they, that's where the Soderquist store was. For most of us, that's where the Soderquist store was. Um, the difficulty with that, uh, with that uh, shopping center was that they didn't have, um, they, they drilled a well for water. Water was not a problem, but sewer was a problem. Um, there's a number of businesses left when the sewer backed up. Huh. <laughs> uh, and Soderquist's granddaughter, I guess granddaughter of Ivor that was running the store at the time, said that she couldn't compete anymore because she had to have her septic system drained almost every month. So Soderville, that looked like it was going to become a downtown, a major city, a major town and city. I got wiped off the map by the highway department, and, and most of the people on the west side just didn't bother. They, okay, we're wiped out, we're gone. And the ripples of how it shapes Ham Lake today of that one highway just going straight through yeah. and all well, of the accidents the and things that we when, see today. When we moved to, to Ham Lake 30-some years ago, um, 
Ham Lake and Andover were approximately the same size. Andover was a little bit bigger, but not significantly. The, 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 the people in Ham Lake decided that they wanted to be made, continue to be rural. So they have grown significantly slower. Uh, Andover has lots of commercial and industrial. Ham Lake has very little. Um, uh, even with the advantage of having that highway run through it. You mentioned when we were talking about this whole episode, a person from Ham Lake mm. who changed the entire county. Yeah, well, not just the entire town, the entire county. Uh, Jim Elwell was a, um, a businessman in Minneapolis. Um, he started making inner spring mattresses. <laughs> this was in the 1870s, 1880s. There, it, no one made inner spring mattresses. So he comes to Anoka County, and he, most, most of the county was wetland. A lot of it, yeah. Well, now it's still a lot of it, but then <laughs> almost all of it. So he could buy up land very cheap. He bought up all the wetland. 15,300 acres. That's a lot of land. Uh, more than half of Ham Lake. The 1888 plot map of Ham Lake, more than half the land belongs to Jim Elwell. Wow. Now, what he did is he dug, he dug the, uh, the ditches that you see all through Ham Lake and the whole county. Hired people to dig he the dug, ditches. That's yeah, true. He didn't dig them. But he hired people to dig them. And, and he set up this whole system of, of ditches to, to drain the land so that it could be farmed. And by, uh, by the next time there was a, a map, he didn't own so much anymore. But he had lots of money. Because <laughs> he sold the land to developers. Jim has, uh, has two farms that he kept, big farms, one of them in Ham Lake and one in Blaine. Um, he, uh, he wanted the county to run a road between his two big farms. And they said, no, we can't do that. Why should we do that for you? He said, okay, then I'm going to do it through your land. And he did. What he did in 1880s now, he went and he dug land off the sides, creating a ditch on each side, and piled it up in the middle to become a road. That road is now Lexington Avenue. Okay. Now, for years, when Anoka County built roads, he would dig a ditch along the road and pile it up, and that's the way they made they made roads through Anoka County for years and years. Made the roads Elwell style. They, they were Elwell style roads. Then they discovered something even better. The, even the lowest land, the, the peat land that didn't grow anything else very well, grew grass. So why should we cut the grass and sell hay to, to Elwell when we can cut the grass and all these new communities that are growing, they want sod. After World War II. 
Ham Lake became the largest sod producers in the state. The city of Ham Lake. Titterroots became the biggest sod producers among the sod producers. <laughs> uh, they are not involved in it anymore very much, but uh, guff, the, um, there is still there's still some sod being produced in Ham Lake, but uh, not nearly as much as there was then. But they, when I can remember going to the state fair, and the state fair booth was Ham Lake was the biggest sod producers in the state of Minnesota. Uh, they were selling sod to the to the to the Wisconsin Highway Department, <laughs> and, and they were selling sod to everybody. They were the, the big sod producers. It's so interesting that uh, this vision of what a suburban house should look like starting in the 50s mm. and 60s, that that has to be produced somewhere. That's right. And that somewhere was Ham Lake. Ham Lake. Okay. So sure. I'm so glad that you were able to sure. drop in today and, and talk about the special history of Ham Lake and all of these stories that go into... Um, making the city what it is today. You can do it all in chronological order. Oh, that's, that, right. <laughs> that's what editing is for. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for sitting down with me. I so You're appreciated welcome. you taking the fun. time today. Read all about it in the Noka County Library Minute. Hi, my name is Diana Nurberg. I'm a librarian for Anoka County Libraries, and I'm here to tell you about some great books and other resources that highlight Minnesota small towns and lakes. First, we have Ham Lake by Melvin Annerud. If you want to read the words straight from this episode's source, check out Melvin's book entitled Ham Lake for more details about the history of the town. Next, we have Minnesota Moxie, True Tales of Courage, Muscle, and Grit in the Land of 10,000 Lakes by Ben Welter. This 2016 book published by a Star Tribune blogger and journalist highlights newspaper stories of Minnesotans performing great, or at least entertaining, feats of ingenuity, tenacity, and grit. Next, we have Hooray for Minnesota Lakes, for Minnesotans, and those who wish they were, of all ages, by Paul Lowry. While this book is geared toward children, as the title suggests, there's something for all ages here. All kinds of interesting facts can be found throughout the pages of this book regarding one of Minnesota's most abundant resources. Next, we have Small Town Minnesota A to Z by Tony Anderson. In this photo journal style book, the author visits one town randomly selected per letter of the alphabet in the state of Minnesota to photograph. The only criteria was that the town had to have less than 1,000 residents. Stunning photographs are accompanied by quaint stories. If you're interested in any of these resources, stop by or call your local library. Until next time, happy learning. Get those library cards and reserve your copy today. Direct links to these books and more can be found in the episode show notes at anocacountyhistory.org. Mel and I chatted for much, much longer than what I was able to include in this episode. Because of that, I had to take out context. I think you kind of picked up the woman that he mentioned, Kathy, is his wife, and uh, one of the things I had to edit out is a super cute story about how they met and got together. I also had to edit out um, more on the churches, National Register property in Ham Lake, a story about Mickmans. It's a lot. So if you want to hear our full conversation, 
I will have it up on the vault for us. And uh, you can go and listen to it there. There will be a link in the show notes as well. And now we come to what are we going to be up to for the rest of the summer? I'm working on getting podcast episodes pre-recorded because we are going to be busy. In just a couple of weeks, we're going to be at the Anoka County Fair. So this is the shout out. If you are interested in helping us out at any point, help us out at the Anoka County Fair. We'd love to have um, your help there. Man, I'm saying the word help a lot, but it's the word that fits. (laughs) Feel free to uh, message us, email me, Sarah, S-A-R-A, I know you tried to put an H on it, uh, Sarah at anocacountyhistory.org, and you can help volunteer with me at the county fair. Thank you guys so much for listening, and uh, I'll see you next week when we dive into another episode of History 21, the podcast. And you know what that means now. If you have a question, want to visit our show notes page for each episode, or would like to share your own story, go to anocacountyhistory.org. Help History 21, the podcast, reach more ears by subscribing and reviewing on your podcast provider. We're all over social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for all those who scroll by. And for our Vault members, you can find special access to podcast extras as well as the latest digital resources at History 21, the Vault, located on our website. Remember, the present is the past of the future.